Welcome Destiny family online. Welcome Destiny Table New York. Uh, we really do value the opportunity just to connect like this online as family together. And so thank you so much just for your faithfulness of uh, coming together online and just pressing in to go deeper in the things God's called us to. God bless you. Lot of love. Come on, bring it in. Thank you, for your work. Oh. Thank you man. <clears throat> great, great, great to be here. Something really um, just special about the gathering of God's people, God's family. And we want to make sure we're treasuring and valuing that. So um, we also want to treasure the ancient reality of God that is revealed in Scripture. Um, and there's something about carrying one of these old-fashioned Bibles um, that just kind of helps us reiterate that reality. Uh, we live in a digital world, but we have to sometimes purpose a human moment, something tangible, touchable, just to uh, deepen our appreciation, uh, maybe for the history that uh, has brought us to where we are today. So I would encourage you, bring your Bibles to church um, just to have that, hold that, and as we open uh, the Word, uh, there's just something there I think that's really valuable, and you know, we're encouraging people to turn the page, take time in an old-fashioned Bible, start in the book of Genesis, um, write the date at the top of the page, and just every day, just turn one page, read those journal little prayers. I'm, Tracy and I were um, just having a time of our own devotions yesterday, and we happened to land on our back porch together. And we were just looking at the little prayers uh, written in our Bibles that one day, generations after us that we'll never meet, will read and pray. So every day I just put a little basic prayer there. Lord, open uh, my heart to your word today. Something simple. And um, I would encourage you to do that because this just becomes a tremendous, tremendous heirloom. In fact, I told Tracy yesterday, I kind of regret I didn't think of this before because I've been doing this for a long time, the whole turn the page thing. But... I'm reading through a, a one particular Bible for the second time, and, um, and normally what I've done is I'll just go through and, you know, Genesis to Revelation. It takes about two and a half, three years, depending on, you know, the size of the book, size of the pages. Um, but what I realized the second time through is, like, there's so much that I had, you know, noted that I, as I'm reading, I, I get out of it. And I told her, I'm so tempted to do this a third time. And I wish I had thought about this, but if in my 20s I had started this, I would have read each Bible three times, so I would have a Bible from each decade of my life. Uh, you know, just be beautiful to have those to hand to the next generation to hand down as legacy items. So, um, you know, we live and learn, and of course, I, I mean, I can still do it. I'm only, you know, 30 or so. <laughs> Trust the Lord gives some wisdom. And some honesty. So open your Bible, like the pages that, you know, crackle a little, to Genesis 18. That's where we're going to go today. I would encourage you to explore our Destiny OKC app. Go to our website. Get the live notes uh, for today. You can fill in blanks and have an interactive way that way as well if you would like to do that. Um, and could you just take a moment, I, I really, I'm, we're just growing in, in this together. But if you wouldn't mind, just take your phone, if everybody would, and just silence those. Silence those phones. We want to be as free from distraction today and focused on his presence um, as possible. I really feel that today's a very important perspective for us to behold and to grow in and to start to understand more. Um, there is this strong revelation right now in the church that's emerging. Uh, some pretty crazy things are going on. 
in the body, and, and, uh, and I'm going to start to point to those more and more because it's just wild what's happening. And I would encourage you, make sure you're finding place of personal pursuit because you can be living in an era of time where God is doing something truly remarkable in the church and be so distracted that you not even notice what's happening. Case in point, the day of Pentecost. And, you know, people were there that encountered God in an amazing way, and people were there that didn't encounter God at all. And they made fun of people that were encountering God. And so I, I would challenge you, make sure you're making room and taking time. Because I believe that we have entered into what will become known as the modern day era of apostolic revelation of the church. It's big language and big words. And uh, we've started to look into what all that means. And I just want you to understand how simple this is. It's really not... Um, it's really not rocket surgery, one person said. Um, so it's a simple concept. Apostle means sent. It's, it's simply restoring the commission to the body of Christ away from the attraction. We've turned the Great Commission into the Great Attraction. And we've worked really hard to gather people in buildings like this to grow our church organizations, and this is what we know for a fact. If all we're doing is gathering people to attend church services without truly making disciples, then we're only contributing to the greater problem of disillusionment with the church and with the Lord Jesus Christ in society in which we live. You need to digest what I'm saying because this is hugely important for us. <clears throat> if all we're doing is gathering people to attend church services and we're not truly making disciples, then we're only contributing to the greater problem of disillusionment that the world has with the church already. And that means that the world's not being changed or transformed by the glory of God or the love of Christ. It means we're building our religious entities and we're basing that building on something that sometimes can give us the appearance of accomplishment because it has the uh, aura of success. But just because something can be done successfully doesn't mean it should be done in any realm. How many of you know you can get a great job and make tremendous money and be miserable? I mean, you just you have to realize just because you can succeed at something doesn't mean it's part of the assignment. In fact, we say often opportunities are distractions if they're not a part of your assignment. So don't just run at every opportunity because we live in a society that applauds the pursuit and achievement of success. Uh, pause, pray, listen, is it the Lord? And if it's him, move in that. And he's helping us to define that in all of this as we recognize what it means to really be an apostolic people or simply put a people who understand what it means to be sent by God into the world in which we live. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. How many of you know everywhere we go, we bring God's presence to real life? Like God should have a voice in every encounter that we have. And that looks different for every person. And, and the problem is we've tried to shape this into these individualistic uh, perspectives. Now everybody go do this. This is what it looks like. And then it just fuels these fires of inadequacy in the church. And nobody feels embraced or endorsed to be who God's called them to be. Uh, if, if, you know, I, I've done it before, you know, who likes to talk and you raise your hand and they say, who doesn't like to talk so much and you raise your hand because it's just your giftedness, right? You, if you like to talk, you don't mind being seen and known and heard. But if you don't like to talk, then you just kind of, you know, don't raise your hand quite as high. Nobody's right, nobody's wrong in that. It's just understanding how you are gifted by God, how you're wired by God and God wants to use you just the way you are. So stop trying to be somebody else. Just relax and be who God's called you to be. And when the church just rests in him that way, then uh, something powerful will begin to transpire. And we will figure out our role. And this is uh, just so key. I've been reflecting on this all week. And again, it's one of those lengthy statements that's just power punch, action packed. So Lord, before I even uh, make this statement, I acknowledge to you, Lord, that we're um, in a day where the church is too focused on information and not focused enough on revelation. 
And I pray, Lord, you would help us to be delivered from the TED Talk mentality with a little dash of humor to keep everybody going and inspired. Lord, may we understand even in the reading of Scripture, there's impartation that awakens something within us as we embrace the transaction of the heart. And so, Lord, may we just look for you and everything that's spoken and said and done. We want to be taught by God in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It really is our responsibility to release heaven into earth. It is our responsibility to release heaven into earth, bringing the full impact of a good God and a prosperous kingdom into a broken world that's desperate to know God's love. It's a big statement. Like your assignment from God is not to be here until you can, you know, get yanked out with the rapture. Let me just make sure we all are all understanding something. The more the Lord awakens the apostolic revelation of the church that we are sent into the world, the key apostolic prayer Jesus told the disciples to pray involves thy kingdom come. How? Thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. Stop with the eschatological escapism it is not biblical to come up with these resolves that the world's just going to get worse and worse and the church is just going to get smaller and smaller and weaker and weaker until God says uncle and snatches us out and gets just a few of us out of here of this dark, horrible world. That is not biblical. The Bible actually says in the last days, God's going to activate and awaken his radiant bride. We are going to walk in great power and anointing. People are going to start coming to Jesus in a powerful way. There's going to be a mass return to Christ and the Father by Jews according to Scripture. Like, this is coming. So stop with escapism that is so politicized. We try and manipulate everybody into believing our way politically by convincing them how horrible it is. That is just not biblical. How many of you know the world is a dark place? I'm not trying to say it's not. I understand it is. How many of you know the Bible says you and I are the light of the church? Mm. The only way the world gets dark is if the light of the world isn't in the world. Being the light, God's called the light to be in the dark place of the world. We're not the light of the church, we're the light of the world. If the world's dark and diminishing, it's because we're not being who God's called us to be. It's all those bad people in the world, they're creating all the problems in the world. Well, I read, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and heal their land, and the kingdom of God will break into the earth in power and might. That's what the Bible says. So let's stop blaming the bad people, and let's start being the God people he's designed us to become and be sent into the world everywhere we go. (laughs) Poor Lexi's back there looking at my notes saying, what in the world? None of this is part of my. (laughs) Listen to the transaction that's going on in your heart as you learn to be taught by God. The last thing we want to do is try and rally everybody in. Just take them through the. You know, inspiring music and pep talk, and hopefully they'll be inspired to come back in the five easy ways to get what you really want in this world. And that becomes the sermon series emphasis over and over, just perpetuating. Do you know that you and I live in a society that is, has developed the most massive infrastructure for human spiritual development? Yet spiritual maturity, biblical spiritual maturity is at an all-time low. I mean, we've got churches, parachurches, we've got consultants, we've got experts, we've got books, we've got, I mean, we've got all kinds of infrastructure to help people in their pursuit of human spirituality. 
Yet biblical maturity and an understanding of Scripture and the nature of Christ being awakened within our servant-hearted lives is lacking. And we really need Jesus. We don't need all these uh, worldly concepts dressed up in religious terminology that we um, you know, allow this culturally shaped church to take charge. I, I, I know, I'm just, I'm just meddling, tampering. I just feel a sense of the Lord just wanting to grab a hold of our hearts. Everybody okay? We really are sent. Like, that's a part of your call. Missional. Uh, everywhere you go. Nobody's called the same place. We're all missional everywhere we go. We bring God's presence to real life. So today I just want to talk about what it is to go be church. We're focusing on this in this season, the actionable church. And as you go be church, you will go be blessed. And so I want us to understand that. Um, it's an interesting perspective, but go be church and go be blessed. Uh, so the title is Go Be Blessed. And if you think of it, what pleases God blesses us. You, you see that? What pleases God blesses us. I think it's probably um, pleasing to the Lord when I, you know, mentioned uh, earlier when I grabbed Tracy's hand and we were just on a little walk and, and I just felt this sense of transaction in my heart. It wasn't just transaction of I love this girl, though I do, but it was a transaction of the Lord, I think, pronouncing uh, a deeper sense of awareness of the blessing of God in our lives. And I just felt just, again, everywhere we go, we should bring God's presence to real life. I was just encountering the Lord in that moment with my wife. And I think that pleases the Lord, and then it blesses me. Everything we do that pleases the Lord blesses us. Would you agree with that statement? And so learning to please the Lord is actually learning to walk in His blessing, and I think that's the key. Recognize this as we love our neighbor... As we love our neighbor, we allow God's love to flow through us, and it produces this transaction, this mechanism, this awakening within us. As we love our neighbor, we actually become the people we're supposed to be. Not only do our communities become the places God intended them to be, but we actually become the people God intended us to be. When you allow his love to flow through you, it begins to define you. It begins to address you on the deepest level possible. So love your neighbor is a really important part of this. Go be church. Go be blessed. And what we find in Scripture is that sacrificial hospitality releases the abundant blessing of God in your life. So I want us to see hospitality uh, from an interesting perspective uh, today. And this is where Genesis chapter 18 comes in. And the Bible says, Genesis chapter 18, starting verse 1, the Lord appears to Abraham in this context. This is an interesting context where they've been uh, pending the promise of a child now for over two decades. I mean, God gave them a promise and they had not yet seen it come to pass. And they had grown weary and even to the point of despondent, understandably, because it had been so long. They, they tried to help uh, God out. Anybody ever try to help God? Uh, that's called Ishmael. And so here now they have an Ishmael in the mix and, and all of this is taking place and now, you know, just pending. And, uh, you know, is, is this promise ever going to happen? And so recognize that's uh, the context and the framework for this particular text of Scripture. The Lord appears to Abraham while he sat at the door, uh, the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, Three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth. He said, O oh Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. While I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you've said, uh, since you have come to your servant. So they said, "Do as you have said." And Abraham went quickly into the tent where Sarah was, and he said, "Quick, get fine flour, knead it, and make cakes." Abraham ran to the herd, and he took a calf, tender and good, gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. 
Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared, and he set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. And they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she's in the tent. And the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Why does the Bible give this, this is early on in Scripture, why does the Bible give this elaborate explanation of hospitality just before they receive the trigger or release of God's blessing in their lives? Hospitality really is the key that unlocks something of the kingdom of heaven in all of our lives. When you're loving others, you're becoming the sons and daughters of God. He's designed you to be. And the communities that we are in are becoming the places God intended them to be. Hospitality releases God's kingdom in the earth. Sacrificial hospitality releases the abundant blessing of God in your life. It releases the abundant blessing of God. Go be church. Go be blessed. So you are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. Can we all just say that? We're all going to say, I am blessed to be a blessing. Ready? One, two, three. I am blessed to be a blessing. Like, that's a reality. And the blessing of the Lord awakened in your life is just not so you can consume it all on yourself, but so that you can release something of the overflow of what God desires to do within your heart. Blessing is found in fruitfulness. And this is the thing uh, that I want to challenge you with today to understand. Maturity. Think about what maturity is. If somebody said, how would you describe maturity? Um, Tracy would say, my husband. I'm sure that's what she would say. <laughs> that was so immature. <laughs> how would you describe maturity? Maturity in all creation is marked by bearing fruit. When something comes to maturity, it's bearing fruit. When something comes to maturity, it's bearing fruit. If it's not bearing fruit, it hasn't come to maturity. When something comes to maturity, it's bearing fruit. If it's not bearing fruit, it hasn't come to maturity. Christians in our world today, are they bearing fruit? Because if they're not bearing fruit, they've not yet come to maturity. There's a difference between a miracle and a blessing, and you're not called to be a miracle, you're called to be a blessing. God's in the business of miracles, and I'm thankful for that, but you're actually called to be a blessing. And we need to understand the difference between a miracle and a blessing to really understand uh, our assignment to carry God's presence everywhere we go into the world around us. And so God starts this whole thing, creates the heaven and the earth, and he creates the first tree. I don't know what the first tree was like, but I want you to think about Adam standing there looking at trees that God created. And so he's evaluating a tree God created. How many of you know the first tree God ever created was a miracle? Like it, there was no tree, and now God creates it, and boom, there is a tree. That's a miracle. And Adam, pondering this miracle, looks at the tree and says, wow, that's a miracle. Uh, Lord, what is this? I mean, it's a cool tree, but what are these little baby things dangling from the tree you made? And the Lord says, that's where we go from miracle to blessing. I have actually called you to participate in the blessing by taking that which is produced from the tree, cultivate the garden, sow the seed, and produce more trees that begin to multiply a harvest so future generations can be blessed by the blessing of you participating in what I initiated in the earth. Now, do you understand? This is actually very, uh, a very clear depiction of what all of us are supposed to be doing. As we walk this out, rather than leaving Adam in just a state of constantly needing another miracle, hey, I ate all the fruit off that tree, uh, off that tree Father, will you do another miracle and make another tree? 
Instead of leaving Adam in a state of needing a miracle, he allowed Adam to participate in the process of the blessing. Like, this is a really big deal. Like, how many of you come to God over and over and you need a financial miracle? Think about what I'm saying. He actually designed you to participate in the financial blessing. In other words, the tree that you have, the finances that you have, it, it grows. And instead of taking all of what you uh, have financially and consuming it yourself, you take a portion of that, and that's called seed. And I sow that seed, and it produces a harvest. And now I'm participating with blessing. There's generation. We, we should leave our church in our generation church stronger in every way than we found it. It should be stronger doctrinally. It should be stronger spiritually. It should be stronger financially. It should be stronger relationally. It should be stronger in every way because we aren't here to just consume everything that we can receive on ourselves. We are here to produce and release something of God's kingdom in the earth as the sent ones, not just asking God for a miracle all the time, but participating in the blessing. I mean, just in a real practical way. If you're showing, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, you know, point you out. But if you're showing up and you're not serving anywhere as a part of our church family, then you're showing up and just taking in everything you can take in. And you should be contributing. Like these guys sitting on the camera, they could use some help. You could run a camera once a month. There's a tech team back here, kids ministry there, kids ministry that area. I mean, if, if you're a gifted singer or a musician, you understand? It's great to come and receive what the Lord wants us to receive. But rather than just living in that framework or mindset, figure out how you can get engaged and be involved and be a blessing. You're called by God to participate. So just write your name on this connect card and turn it into one of our giving stations and let us follow up with you and help you find a place that fits your design. And if you're not good with kids, we don't want you in kids ministry i promise you we want you where god has designed you to go how he's designed you to fit but i can't say strongly enough how this unlocks something in your own life and it releases something of god's kingdom what happens you become the person god actually designed you to be and the community around you becomes the community god intended it to be I'm not just talking to older folks. I'm talking to youth. I'm talking to these young folks that stood up here a few weeks ago, did a great job preaching. And I'm just saying, we need the next generation church to find their way into being who God's called them to be. And not consumers just showing up consuming, but come on, let's be producers in the kingdom of God. We ought to all help clap that in. We want to participate in the blessing of God. So we are the planting of the Lord. You read that before? This is amazing. God actually sowed the seed of his only son. And you know what came as a result of sowing the seed of his only son? Sons and daughters of God have multiplied harvest for all generations. And here we are, the result of the harvest of the seed of Jesus Christ. Like this is who we are. This is our mode. This is our disposition. This is what we carry within us. Right now, you can be transacting in your heart something between you and God as he's stirring something deeper in your heart and your life to begin to discover the fullness of why you were born in this generation, why you exist as a part of this family. I'm just so hungry for more. When we just start loving on others well, serving, loving, giving, that's what we're talking about, just participating in the blessing. When we just start serving, loving, giving, then we actually become the full expression of the discipleship plan. I, I, I get in different forums and circles of different pastors and leaders continually now, in these different, you know, sometimes I'm in meetings or Zoom calls or whatever that is. And, and I recently had somebody say, so what's your discipleship plan? 
And I started thinking about what our discipleship plan is. And, and I, I, I don't want to come across as just, you know, a, a critic. Uh, and I'm trying to sort through this. And I don't have answers for this. But there are a few things I do know. I know the institutional efforts of the church can be very minimally effective when, when, when we make discipleship about an institutional class you attend. I don't know if you understand, but we've decided in the Western World Church that discipleship happens by learning and teaching. And the exchange of somebody teaching, that's discipleship. That's not actually discipleship. That's the origin or beginning of discipleship. But discipleship isn't happening until you disciples are making disciples. You've got to get out and do the stuff. I feel like that's going over like a lead balloon, but I'm telling you, you, we need action. The kingdom of God is about action, not attraction. We focused on the great attraction instead of the great commission. How can we attract more people if we can just get more clever teaching and more, you know, people, if, if I can put on, you know, funny uh, skits and if I can do anything, I mean, I'm watching these and again, I don't know the answers to this, but I'm not into religious prostitution to try and attract people's attention to look my way. I'm just not interested in it. That was direct. So this is what I've come up with. Our discipleship plan at Destiny Christian Center is you. You are the discipleship plan. The institutional efforts are actually family efforts to mobilize God's people to know who they are and how to answer the call of God that exists on their own life. And this looks different in every person's life. Go be church. Go be church. Go be church your way. So I, I mentioned last week I want to just point to some illustrations of people that are uh, using the weapon of the table against the enemy. You know that the table is a true weapon against the enemy. Uh, even in the presence of your enemies, what does the Lord do? He prepares a table. And so this table, this hospitality, this element of just a meal, Jesus wanted to tell his disciples what his existence was all about. He didn't give them a big informative lecture. He gave them a relational meal. They sat down and had an interaction together, and it's become this really famous meal around this table. And so this is really significant, really important. And so different people doing different things. Pat Watkins, uh, she's got a schedule laid out over the course of 2023, and she's got a group of people, and they have a certain number of times that they're meeting in the course of the year to explore the Sabbath and what the Sabbath is really all about, to, to pray into it, to grow into it, to learn. And so they're coming around the table routinely just to discuss family, friendship, what this looks like in terms of Sabbath, and that's something that they're doing. That's not necessarily, you know, this is not necessary for something to happen every single week, but you, you set up what works for you and, and how to grow in whatever it is that the Lord is asking. Uh, Megan... Lincoln, that's your name, wife of Randy. <laughs> Megan Lincoln and Kristen Hargrave, uh, wife of A.T. Uh, they are uh, having uh, routine weekly interactions, actually, and they're having these, what uh, Megan described to me as prayerful conversations where we're just talking through things like marriage, parenting, you know, different things going on in life, and those conversations just kind of speak into maybe just prayerful interaction with each other, and, uh, and, and one of their focal points is how to deal with being married to a very difficult man, and they're both uh, needing that particular support group. <laughs> Ron and Beth um, Decker, you know, it was interesting when AT actually introduced us, and Tracy and I went to dinner with Ron and Beth, and um, I, we, we sat for maybe two hours in this restaurant at a table. It's the first time we met, and we laughed, and we cried, and we embraced, and we sensed God revealing something in that moment. And there was something so deep and so aligning to what the Lord is revealing in this hour of the church that we were exploring. And I know um, with Ron and Beth's background and involvement in church leadership um, very extensively, um, 
walking through all of the things that, you know, we're all walking through and understanding church, what that's about. There are many of their friends along the way that have now become what may be called de-churched. And you know that's a big uh, group in our society. They've just given up on, is there anything authentic or is it all just a corporate thing going on? Uh, and, and man, we want to really explore. I want to say that statement I made earlier again because it's case in point right here. If all we're doing is attracting people to our gatherings and not truly making disciples who make disciples, we're only contributing to the greater problem of disillusionment with Jesus and the church and our society. This is huge. Like, again, sometimes I can come across like we've got it figured out. I don't. We don't. But we're exploring this. We're growing in this. We're learning one little piece at a time. And so Ron and Beth invite people into their home that they have friendship and relationship with. Don't even necessarily have all their theology all together of, you know, those interactions. But it's just the love of Jesus and the nature of Christ at the table. Just healing those wounds, drawing people in to the deeper reality of Christ. What does this look like for you? Where you've been, the context of your history, the way you love others. I mean, all of that, it looks different for every person. But I am asking you this week. We bring God's presence to real life. And so every time we gather like this, we want some actionable expression. I'm about to give you your actionable expression. This is what I've come to think about this last week. Actually, two weeks ago, I thought about it. Like I'm sitting in, uh, I'm sitting in a meeting with our staff. And I just said, <laughs> you guys aren't doing this stuff. Every week I say, go do this, and y'all aren't doing it. And then I thought, our church is not doing this. And the reality is, most of us, just my jaded assumption, most of us aren't taking these actionables and actually implementing them. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe you are. I would ask a show of hands, but I'm afraid to do that. I don't want to be discouraged. I'll go home and Tracy will say, it's okay, take some medication. <laughs> I do think I'm getting a little crazier up here in all this. <laughs> I'm going to give you your actionable, and I want to ask if you would, like, if you take it, you know, okay, he's saying something. I want you to bring that level up to about here. If normally you hear it at about here, I want you to hear about here. Just If you could just add a step and consider how you can do. The actionable this week is simply this. Come to the table with others. Who are others? I don't know. You'll know. Context of your life depends. Bring somebody to a place of the table and explore a deeper place of worship by making a simple relational effort to know God's heart together. It's fairly ambiguous, fairly general, but all I'm asking is get around the table with somebody on purpose this week, understanding we're all sent, and when we get around the table relationally, we're exploring the friendship nature of God in our heart. And so, with that, we're now in this season, as we're talking Go Be Church and today Go Be Blessed, then we're going to ask you also to specifically discuss a key question. And, and each week we're giving you a different question. Did you know we're doing that? We've been doing that for a few weeks. Of course you knew because you did this last week. I know you did. Every one of you. I'm so encouraged. I just encourage myself right now. And so this week's question is very simple. You get around the table and you simply ask, listen, somebody doesn't even have to be a Christian to be able to have this conversation. How can you go out of your way to love someone that is not in your immediate family this week? Like people can uh, readily accept a challenge to be kind, even if they don't know Christ. But it's pretty simple this week. Just invite some people to a conversation Explore that deeper place of worship just by making a simple relational effort to know God's heart together and just ask this question. How can you go out of your way to love someone that's not in your immediate family this week and discuss who you're going to love and how you're going to do it and then maybe follow up later with that person and have a discussion about how it went? How's all that? That's good. That's helpful. That's the church being sent, taking the assignment to the road, 
we're going to do this thing. I'm going to ask if the worship team will come. We're going to um, conclude today by a declaration together as a family. We're going to actually say the Great Commission. We're going to let something transact in our heart. This is the thing. Um, some crazy stuff's going on in the church world. I'm going to give you one illustration of this. You probably know the name Francis Chan. Great guy. Um, humble guy. Phenomenal leader. He's been on quite a journey himself. Much of the language that we would embrace, he has lived out. Church of 5,000 people, mega church in Southern California. And he got up one day. Now, I don't agree with this, but this is just where, <laughs> as he's trying to figure all of this out, he got up in, in front of 5,000 people and said, I can't in clear conscience pastor you anymore because most of you are going to hell. I mean, it was pretty intense. But as he's navigating through his theology, what he's saying is the Bible says Christians are this. The, in the Western world, Christians are this. And he's trying to reconcile the difference. I think he probably would scale off of that harsh statement now but anyway you look at it i mean he sold everything they went to third world countries he's doing everything he can to try and live out this gospel and really take god's word for what he says i mean i respect that how about you very humble guy just hungry for more and uh, you know we're all on this journey and you kind of go this way and you go that way and then you know you're you kind of swing too far this way and swing too far that way that's why community is such an important part of this but he said, and he was speaking this last week, I heard him, uh, on, I was listening to something he was saying. And he said, you know, I grew up just trying, like, if you have faith, you move mountains. And he said, I, as a kid, like, I sat in my room and I had a pen and I put it there and I thought, I, I'll start with a pen. And he's focused on the pen, I'm going to move the pen. And it didn't move and he was really disappointed. And so, like, he's been navigating through years of trying to figure out what theology is about, what the Bible says, and people would just constantly be dismissing, like, yeah, well, the Bible doesn't really mean. And so he's heard so many times the Bible doesn't really mean that he just hasn't had faith or, you know, he, you know, he didn't really have any expectation that God would do like what God says he would do. And he said, and he said you know, many times I would pray for people and, and sometimes something would happen, but so often they would not get healed. But he said these words. <laughs> he said, I traveled to a village to speak and there were no believers there and he said I just began to share the love of Christ according to the Bible the Word of God and people started responding to the presence of the Lord and he said people started coming up asking for healing and he said there was a, a child who had never heard before have you seen any of those videos where a kid sees or hears for the first time and they're like sensory overload joyful he said that was what happened a kid had could not hear and he like prayed for him and the kid suddenly could hear sensory overload joyful and the whole village went wild people gave their lives to the Lord he said I began to pray for healing and this is what he said not one person that I touched did not get healed Every person that he touched got healed. Like this is starting to happen in the church that the Lord is starting to awaken the bride to actually realize the Bible is true. The theological framework for what God is calling us to walk out actually exists in Scripture and our lives will begin to reflect God's kingdom has come. God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our worship, our hand clap of praise, our shout, our declaration, everything about the expression of our lives. In Him we live and move and have our being. I believe this. How about you? I want to grow in this. And as I was just praying, I felt like the Lord was saying that there's some of us listening to this that simply need to admit something's not right about the way we're walking out our faith. In your context, that's different for every person, but just close your eyes for a moment, would you please? 
Let's just go ahead and stand. Some of us need to admit that something's just not right about the way we're walking out our faith. Just the Lord transacting in your heart right now. If you need to admit something's just not right about the way you're walking out your faith, just if everybody would just keep your eyes closed and just if you need to admit that before the Lord, would you just lift both your hands and surrender? Let's just be honest. We just say, I need to admit there's something not right about the way I'm walking out my faith. There's something more the Lord is inviting me to. Lord, clearly you see hands, but more than that, you know hearts. And our hands just become the invitation for you to do a work on what you already know. Because you will never violate our will. So our hands are the invitation today, Lord. We just say, we really do want more of what you desire for us to experience. We want to know what it is to go be church, to explore loving, serving, giving, becoming people of hospitality you've called us to be, and seeing how that unlocks the kingdom of God, causing the communities that we're involved in to be the places you intended them to be from the very beginning of time. Thy kingdom come, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray you would stir something within us, not to act like we figured something out, give ourselves to a prideful expression that's undermining everything you're doing right now. But just to be honest and say, Lord, help us to explore this and walk this out and be as effective as possible. In Jesus' name. Just a transaction of heart taking place. I just sense that illustration of holding Tracy's hand. I just, just take his hand. Would you just take his hand? Let a transaction take place in your heart. Do you sense it? Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Will you be aware of it? Will you pay attention and be aware of the new thing God says in His Word He does? So we just take your hand and we say, Lord, lead us, guide us, and direct us. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. The Great Commission is going to come up on the screen and I just want to ask, let's say this together and say it in a way that we're really allowing a transaction within our hearts. We're not going to say it real fast. We want to just kind of progressively uh, say this together in a, in a meaningful pace and a meaningful tone. So Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all all I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I just love, I am with you. God's presence is a part of the commission. Everywhere we go, we bring God's presence to real life. I am with you. Lord, this week we have our marching orders. We understand that we're assigned to go and be fruitful disciples who make disciples. We've been asked to uh, extend an invitation to our table where we simply have a conversation about how we can extend kindness and love to somebody other than our immediate family. 
pray, Lord, you would help us to take these steps and explore these stages of what it really means to be more engaged in following your lead in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. So I want us just to take what God's stirring in our heart, this transaction of the heart. We're going to take just a few moments in worship. And I would invite our prayer team, if you would, come to both sides of the stage where the lights pop up. And um, today, if you are praying that prayer, um, you know, something in my faith isn't exactly right. Maybe you today say, I've never prayed to receive Christ. That's the most important decision you could ever make. <laughs> and so just, I want to believe in my heart, confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord, and allow him to begin to transform my life, not just as my Savior, but as Lord of my life. But if our prayer teams can pray with you about any decision you want to make, about taking steps forward in your faith, then as we worship, then I would invite you just to come. These are really praying people, and I'm so thankful for this team that's available uh, just to release something of God's kingdom in our hearts and lives. There's communion right here at the back of the center section every week. Sometimes we take communion all together as a family, but every week we purpose to have that available. So I would, I would ask you, examine your heart, as the Bible says. If you want to receive communion, just go there and pick that up and just give thanks for the broken body and the shed blood and the sacrifice of Christ. As we worship, uh, you may want to receive communion or maybe this is a moment where you find the giving stations and it's not just about his sacrifice alone, but you want to step into a place of embracing your sacrificial expression as you bring tithe offering, however that looks like for you. But come on, let's, let's don't just hear the words and watch the singers. Let's be the worship team. We are the worship team. We're joining together to declare the sound of heaven exists in earth when we allow a transaction from God to take place in our hearts and we open our mouths and proclaim the excellencies of this King that is above all kings, this Lord that is above all lords, who was dead but is no longer dead, but now he is alive, inviting us to explore a greater life than this world will ever know as we embrace this risen King Jesus. Come on, let's worship the Lord as we press in and go a little deeper before we're dismissed.